0: Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. So, the Women's Football Podcast returns, and this week I have got Give Me Sport Women's Nancy Gillen. How's things, Nancy? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too shabby. The weather's supposed to be getting better in Berlin, so that's definitely upped my mood. Um, and we are also joined by Give Me Sport Women's Ollie Roberts. We normally have a different Ollie on the show, so just a disclaimer for everybody we've got a different Ollie this week in Ollie Roberts. How's things?
1: Yeah, no, good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you've upgraded in terms of the Ollie's. <laughs> oh, shots fired. <laughs> of course. Thanks thanks for getting me on, I appreciate it, looking forward to it.
0: I mean before we start mudslinging I think we best just get into the Women's Super League now (laughs) (laughs) I mean uh, first up we'll we'll chat about um, Manchester City and Chelsea's games We'll start with Chelsea, don't worry everybody that's listening We will get on to the Champions League eventually But we're going to talk about the league first Of course going into Chelsea's game They were second in the league the pressure was on. It was a must-win game against Spurs. Um, Obviously, Emma Hayes made four changes um since their Champions League game. Nancy, were you ever in doubt that they wouldn't get the three points? Because when I was looking at the fixture, I was thinking, this could really, like, if they don't win this game, oh my God, can you imagine? But then I thought, they're probably not going to lose it, are they?
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think I was in doubt. Um like I kind of yeah, like like you I was looking at the fixture and I was like oh no they will definitely win. But I when I was watching the game I was quite surprised by how um it did look kind of a bit nervy. I think Chelsea were a little bit cagey and there were a few times when Tottenham could have maybe you know got one in and then if that hadn't happened then you know people would've been like oh maybe they're not going to win the league and um, because it has seemed like it's been a bit of a certainty but yeah, in the end, they got the result that they needed. So I'm, I'm sure they're saying now it was never in any doubt, but I did think it did look a little bit cagey. Oh,
0: yeah, I agree. I think at the time the pressure was definitely on. I think it's so funny how you position in the league and points and things. It, it can have you feeling nervy. Um, but, but like you say, Chelsea, of course, got the win. It was 2-0 to the Blues. Now, Spurs were quite stubborn. Um they didn't go down completely like a sack of spuds. Um their goalkeeper, Becky Spencer, you know, she made a string of really, really important saves. Ollie, all in all, looking at some of Spurs' performances prior, um, it's not been the best season for them. So do you think the fact that they came up against Chelsea, it was only 2 0. Like I say, they were a little bit stubborn at times. Should they be happy with their overall performance, do you think?
1: I think so. I think it was a a much improved Spurs performance from what we've become used to seeing in the last couple of months because it's been a strange season for them because I think at one stage they won four games in a row and really looked like they were turning a corner Uh, and then recently they've really struggled. I think it was eight or nine games they went or they've gone now without a win. Um, but coming up against Chelsea is always going to be tough. And I think first half, especially, uh, they really did frustrate Chelsea. And at one stage, it looked like Chelsea might really have a game on their hands. But uh, that goal just before half time sort of killed their momentum slightly. But I think overall, there, there's positives to take. Um, as you said, Becky Spencer uh, looked fantastic in goal. And uh, yeah, definitely some positives to take ahead of next season now. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I agree definitely. Um I'm, but I mean looking at Chelsea, Sam Kerr was on form for her club. I think arguably between Kerr Fran Kilb uh, Kirby even, not Kilby, um Panila Harder, they've been, you know, like the the best three forwards, arguably, in the league, in Europe for the club. Nancy, would you agree? Um and who would you pick as the best if you had to? That's such a hard question. Oh, I know. <laughs> that's, um, that's so
2: hard. I, would... <laughs> I think yeah, a hundred percent the best attacking trio um, in probably in the world at the moment. Um, I mean, if you look at the fact that Beth England, who had such an amazing season last uh, last year, can't even get a look into that attacking um... line up, it's it's crazy. Um, In terms of the best, I personally really like... I think Kirby, for me, is probably the best just because of her all-round game. Um, I think... I mean, it's hard to say because Kerr and Kirby have linked up really well in terms of, you know, they've both kind of got a fair few assists. But I think in in terms of kind of all-round game, in terms of, like, dribbling, running at players, making passes and scoring goals, I'm going to go with Frank Kirby. But that is a hard... That is a really hard question. Oli, who
0: are you going for? I,
1: I think my mind changes game to game, to be honest <laughs> with you, this season. Um, I think if if, you, if I had to give one name, I'd agree with Nancy and I'd say Fran Kirby, based on how she's done this season. The way she's not only just scored goals, but she's registered so many assists as well. Um, I mean, you look at her numbers in the WSL this year and they've just been outstanding. I think it's 14 goals and 10 assists now. Um So for me, I think she's probably been the best all round out of three. But as a trio, they're, they're, they're just outstanding.
0: They are. I mean, to be honest, I would probably go with Kirby as well. Um, I have a ridiculous reason for it in that my nana, we used to call her Fran. Uh, so obviously, I've got to stick with that. Um, but um, but no, I, I agree. I think when you're looking at an all-round, but at this point, you know, you're kind of just splitting hairs on this situation because they are all so good. But I agree probably maybe as like an all-round player with what she brings to the table. I, I would agree with Fran. Um, but yeah, all amazing players and Chelsea are very lucky to have them all and as a Manchester United fan I'm very jealous um I mean we'll we'll go over to the blue side of Manchester now unfortunately I'm only joking um Manchester City were of course um they were top of the Women's Super League for a short period of time um they got that great 4-0 win over Birmingham City Chloe Kelly scored two of the goals within the first 25 minutes She sadly was carried off after clashing knees with Rebecca Holloway and won a penalty that was saved by Hannah Hampton. Apart from the injury, it was actually a good week um, for Kelly. She'd had a good week up until then. Um, She made the sixth strong shortlist for the Women's Super League Player of the Season. Ollie, what have you made of Chloe Kelly so far this season?
1: I've been so impressed with her and I'm really, really glad she made that shortlist, actually, because I think at times this season, she's been quite underrated, actually. I'd definitely call her City's Player of the Year, I think, even though some people might make the case that, or might make the case for someone like Lauren Hemp or Sam Mewis, I think that if you look at Chloe's or Kelly's performances throughout the season, she's just been so consistent. And I touched on sort of, the all-round game of Frank Herbie just a moment ago. And I think Kelly's very similar in that respect. She's registered double figures in terms of goals and assists this year. Uh, She always seems to get her cross in. As I said before, she's just been so consistent. And I think if she hadn't so unfortunately got injured, I think she would have been a shoe in for the Olympic squad as well.
0: Definitely. It's it's such a shame um, that obviously she, uh, she won't be going, but, but, you know, when you've got, I've said it before, when you've got the last name Kelly, you're going to be a success, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are some great names up for player of the season. You know, you've got Izzy Christiansen, Sam Kerr, of course, Fran Kirby, of course, Sam Lewis, Vivian Medema, alongside
2: Kelly. Nancy, who's winning player of the season for you? I think I'm, I'm going to go for Fran Kirby again. Um, I love, because of everything we've just said, but then also because of the fact that she like was really ill for a lot of kind of like the last season and she's only really just come back from that. So I think obviously, you know, she was amazing beforehand and she had a lot of kind of potential and had set up a lot of expectation for herself. But then I think to um, have such a bad illness, which took her out of action for so long and then come, not only come back from it, but come back from it and, and be like the best player in the league and help your team win the league and maybe even the champions league i think is yeah i think it's worthy of a player of the season award
0: i'd agree i mean i think whoever wins it is definitely a worthy winner but i think yeah when you take all things into consideration she's she's definitely you know been through a lot and it's great to see her playing you know as well as she is now um despite the scoreline city were arguably not 100 percent um ollie what did you make of their performance do you think that They are, like I'm sure a lot of players are, just a bit exhausted at this point in the season.
1: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. They were... Obviously, they got the win, but they were quite underwhelming, in all honesty, and I think exhaustion's definitely played a factor. I think it's probably fair to say that prior to this game, a lot of those players were maybe running on adrenaline, looking, looking ahead to that Chelsea game and knowing that that was the biggest game of their season. If they'd got the win in that game, then they likely would have gone on and won the title, and I think... After that game, which was so intense, so fast-paced, and where they ultimately didn't get the result they wanted, only coming away with a draw, it must be pretty hard to motivate some of those players. I mean, obviously, there's still the chance of them winning the league if Chelsea slip up, but... I think it's probably fair to say that it's definitely Chelsea's to lose now. And a lot of those City players maybe thought that 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 was it. So trying to motivate those players to then go out and put in the same performances that they they had been doing was always going to be tough. So, um, yeah, I think, as you said, a lot of those players exhausted and exhausted. And even though they got the win, um, I think they're probably looking forward to the end of the season now.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you, you know what? You kind of can't blame them because it's it it has been tough. I mean, a normal season is tough, but when you throw in all the other things that have been going on in the world, it it has been hard. Um, I mean, despite Birmingham losing, it does seem like they will be safe. They're three points above Bristol City. They do have the better goal difference. Nancy, what do Birmingham have to do next season for you to kind of avoid being in this position again?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily the players or or the manager they've got i think potentially you know the the talent they've got there is is good enough but it seems like some of the reports that have been coming out about birmingham it's more the club as a whole is not taking their women's team seriously Um, you know there's been these reports about um they don't have adequate facilities or if a player gets injured they're not having enough treatment and like questions about the wages that they're paying them so I think if you actually consider all of that, they've done, you know, really well to stay in the league. Um, and hopefully, I'm hoping next season that the men's, well, not the men's team, but the club as a whole, kind of take their women's team seriously and, and give them the chance to actually, you know, finish a lot higher up in the league.
0: Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed, it is so frustrating. When you read about these things and you hear about the, these things going on, and like you say, just got our fingers crossed that things do improve, um, There's one thing I wanted to to get both your opinions on. Now, I'm not too sure if you guys have heard of this player, but Manchester City have actually been in the mix for um, a specific transfer. So City are allegedly in the hunt to sign Bordeaux's 24-year-old Jamaican striker, Khadija Shaw. She's also been linked with a move to the US. Now, I'm a massive fan of... Um, of the player. I mean, she's scored 20 times in 17 games for Bordeaux this season. Um, she can be used in that number nine role, which we tend to see Ellen White in um, for Manchester City. Um, and yeah, she could be making the move over to Manchester. It would be, I personally feel, it would be a massive move in her career. I think it would be a great arrival for Manchester City. I think it would give them quite a bit of an extra edge. Um, Like I say, she would bring a lot of depth in the area that she plays in. Um, And I think also to help, you know, share the goal scoring, not burden, but, you know, to help out why um, and also be a completely different option for Gareth Taylor. Um, I just wanted to ask, I'll I'll just ask you, um, what do you think about the idea of Chelsea? Chelsea? Definitely not Chelsea. They don't need any more players. Um, What do you think about the idea of Manchester City being able to sign a player like this?
1: I I think it's a really exciting transfer for City and it's the sort of signing which they need to make now if they're going to be continuing to to challenge Chelsea next season uh, because we saw obviously with Chelsea this season they already had a fantastic squad but they still went out there and strengthened and while you wouldn't say that City have a bad squad at all and you wouldn't say someone like Ellen White is a bad striker by any means one of the best to ever do it in the uh, in the WSL you look at a player like Shaw and uh, I mean I've watched highlights of her and as you say she she just looks such an exciting player and when you consider the That She's still quite young as well, still only 24, and she could be the sort of player that could come in and be with them for the next four or five years at least. Uh, It's so exciting, and it also offers them something different as well in attack, because while I think City have got quite a lot of options on the wing, they don't really have that many options through the middle other than White. Uh, who's also, I think, coming to the end of her contract quite soon, I think. So, yeah, really, really exciting transfer if they do manage to pull it off.
0: Definitely. I'm just gutted that she is going to be wearing a blue shirt. I'm very upset about it. (laughs) you know i've i've watched her uh, you know quite a, not in person obviously i mean uh, highlights and on on television et cetera, as and when you can and on my laptop you know i've i've watched her uh, um i've said before we spoke about her before on the podcast uh, especially you know um i've got i i'm i'm part Jamaican she's Jamaican just seeing a Jamaican player like raise the game so so high and be such an amazing player and such an exciting prospect it honestly fills you with so much pride, and yeah, I'm just oh, I can't. If this does happen, I can't wait to see him in the Super League. But I'm also devastated that it's going to be Manchester City. <laughs> I can't tell you how upset I am. But we move. Who knows? Maybe she'll do the opposite of you know a player like Carlos Tevez and actually come to Manch come to Manchester United rather than the other way around. Who knows? I think I'm just dreaming. Um, I mean. Meanwhile, we'll we'll head over to Italy now. There's been a lot of action. It's not official yet, but with three games to go, Juventus are on track to win Serie Now they currently have 19 wins from 19 games played. If they finish with 22 wins from 22 games, this will be the first time that they've achieved this. Oli, is this one of the best sides in Europe right now, despite their Champions League, league slip-up?
1: Oh... It's a tough one because I think they're getting there, but maybe then they're not necessarily quite there yet. I think I look at sort of Europe's top teams in Chelsea, Leon, Barcelona, and I wouldn't quite put Juventus in that bracket yet, but I certainly feel like they're going in the right direction. I mean, obviously, the fact that they've gone unbeaten so far in the league. Uh, is very, very impressive. I mean, it's it's one thing to go undefeated and it's another thing to win absolutely every single game, which they have done. Uh, I mean, you look at the WSL and even teams like Chelsea and City that have dominated, they've still dropped points. So that really isn't an achievement. And I also, I remember watching them against Lyon earlier this season and they did give them a good game, especially in that first leg. I think it finished 3-2, uh, but they really did give them really did give them a good game and I think that as I said even though they might not necessarily be one of Europe's top top teams yet the direction they're going in is a good one and they could get to that stage very soon
0: I, I couldn't agree more with you I think they're definitely on their way Um they did, of course, bow out of the Coppa Italia. They went out on away goals against Roma. It's a shame that they can't do the double. But for Roma, they've only been established officially since 2018. So, Nancy, how big is it that they've made this final?
2: Yeah, I think it is, it is quite a big deal. Um, I think it's almost justification for kind of establishing... Um, a women's team for Roma and, and, and investing in it. I think it kind of makes it, you know, if, if there are other kind of clubs thinking of doing the same, I think to see that happen and then a team make a domestic cup final pretty soon after is, is very encouraging. Um, I think it just makes Italian football a bit more interesting as well. Like it's always good when you've got an, a range of teams that are competing and reaching finals. Um, so it just kind of, you know, just makes the Italian league a little bit more competitive I think so yeah I think it's it's very positive
0: yeah I I agree with you it is nice to see as much as it's great to see you know big teams winning big trophies um not saying that Roma's not a big team um the the club as a whole has has great history um but it's nice to see just different names in the mix definitely um now, Juventus, they have bounced back in the league. They got a big 6-1 victory over Florentia. On the score sheet was Barbara Bonanza. Now, there's a lot of news circulating about her. She has allegedly hired Mino Raiola as her agent. And a report from Italy states that in true Mino Raiola fashion, um, she is refusing to sign a new contract and has actually been linked with a move to Lyon. Ollie, what do you make of this news about her moving to Lyon, about Mina Rayola being involved in women's football? What what do you make of all of this? Because I feel like for me, this is, I'm excited about it, but I'm also, I, I feel like I'm wrong for being excited about it. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it, it's quite funny in, a, in in the sense you touched on it just there. This, this is a very Mina Riola thing to do. 100%.
0: Um,
1: I mean, it's the sort of thing that we've seen a lot of in the men's game and you would have hoped that when it comes to the women's game, you wouldn't see players refusing to sign new contracts and things like that. But um, no, it's obviously something that he would do. But in terms of the actual transfer itself, that is exciting, I think. Um, I think. From what I've seen of her, um, she's a very, very good player. She's renowned for scoring wonder goals, I think, uh, from from what I've seen. She scored some incredible goals from what I've watched. And I think she could be exactly what Leon needs because you look at Leon, and they've obviously had so much dominance in recent years, so much success, and they they looked fairly invincible at one stage. But it seems like this season is when it's finally cracked, obviously got knocked out of the Champions League to PSG. And what they need to do, I think if they want to sort of reclaim this dominance is go out and sign some more players. I mean, we've already seen them replace their manager and I think that they've obviously struggled with injuries this year, but they do need to strengthen. So i think that abonzia could be a very good signing for them so uh, as much as it's quite funny what uh, Royal is doing i think the transfer itself is exciting
0: yeah i i agree and i think it will be really good to see her although she's been at juventus i think for about a, a, i think it was a season extra than uh, uh gurelli she sometimes is kind of the star that is um i wouldn't say overshadowing um Bonanzia, because they're both brilliant players. But I think it would be good for her to maybe step away from that situation and to see how she does. Um, and I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I i mean, um, you know, I can understand why people love Mina Ayala. I can understand why people are not his biggest fan, shall we say. Um, but do you guys feel that him being part of women's football as much as I can understand why people would feel like it was potentially dangerous at the same time to have a name like that being involved, it could potentially take the game to another level or does that other level kind of worry you a little bit?
2: Yeah. For for me personally, I, I think it's, it's, I think you just have to be super careful because I do think we're at a bit of a like junction at like women's football where, all this money is coming in now and it's kind of like, okay, like what do we want women's football to look like? Do we want it to be like the men's with, um, you know, multi-million pounds and, and 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 people like agents and stuff? And I think it does definitely, it kind of adds a professionalism to women's football and, and kind of a bit of credibility. Like obviously women's football was credible before, but I think kind of the interest that is being shown towards it now means that it's going to, you know, gain a lot more interest um but I do think it just has to kind of be approached quite carefully and it can't just be you know like let's pour loads of money into it and it gets out of control and we end up kind of with devices of the men's game as well um so yeah I think it, I think I, I think it is ultimately a good thing but just have to be really kind of careful with the way that it's you know the way that women's football is developing
0: yeah I, I completely agree with you um I mean, the looking at, at going back to the Coppa Italia final. Uh, the other team that will be joining Roma is, of course, AC Milan. They got a five-four on aggregate win over Inter Milan. It was a thrilling meeting. Um, both legs provided a lot of drama. Nancy, what did you make of their meeting in the cup?
2: Yeah, I thought it was it was really entertaining. Um, I thought it was obviously a lot of goals and exciting and it was, it was quite a lot like the Champions League matches that were happening as well um between Chelsea and Bayern and Barst from PSG um you know just quite unpredictable and, and the fact that the result in the first leg completely got overturned in in the second leg and it's I think just these matches I think is such a good advert for women's football because they're just so entertaining um so yeah I thought it was really good
0: Of course, that's exactly what you want to see. And you want to see people looking at these results. Maybe people that aren't necessarily big uh, fans of women's football, or maybe they're not as educated on what is going on in the women's game. But they'll see, oh my God, Inter and AC Milan. Oh my God, they've played each other in the women's league or in the cup or what's going on. And I think it definitely adds to that interest. And one thing that was great to see was Vero Bochetti. Um, she scored her first ever goals, plural, for Milan. She was the first Spaniard to score a goal for the club. We saw her El Pulpo celebration, which is obviously in homage to her Galician roots. Um, now I'm sure Alejandro could probably explain a little bit more about all of that to to us, but, um, but I mean, that idea of, you know, the first Spaniard scoring a goal for the club, um... What, what do you make of her? And, and this is surely um, you know, a thing to be celebrated as well that we are seeing so many more crossovers now between leagues and nationalities.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it's as you say. It, it's really great to see a sort of a, a Spanish player scoring in the Italian league. And you touched on it just there about trying to get more people sort of interested in watching w- women's football, sort of all over the world, all over Europe. And uh, I think people seeing a player like Paqueti, who obviously renowned for her celebration, like you say, and she's a real character. And I think people watching her and seeing her score goals, that is the sort of thing which is going to get people sort of more interested in the game and obviously her as a player as well I mean she's played all over the world she's played in the United States in France in Germany now in Italy so I I think she's she's been a really good signing for Milan she brings a lot of experience and uh, it's these sorts of players that they need I think if they want to to go on and challenge Juventus maybe next season
0: definitely um I, I couldn't agree more she's uh she's, she's a great player to watch and I'm excited to see, uh, to see more of her next season as well. Um, now, by coincidence, um, both Milan sides drew their league games over the weekend. Nancy, looking at Inter Milan, we've spoken about them on the podcast before on previous episodes, but what do you want to see from this team next season so that they can potentially keep up with their rivals in the future? Because, you know, we've seen AC Milan and Inter Milan. They've arrived at the same time. We've seen Inter Milan kind of float around this middle part of the table. AC Milan, obviously, a bit higher. What
2: what do you think we need to see? I think it, looking at it, it, it does seem to be be a bit of a Liverpool situation going on here, where it's kind of like a massive club, and there's for some reason they're not performing. So you know, if you if you looked at it in depth, it's probably a question of kind of investment and getting those big players. So I, I think they need to signed some kind of big names or maybe two or three players that are kind of going to change you know change their team from a mid-table team to to ones that are challenging because I think it's it is a bit mad when you look at the league table and you see a a team that has the name Inter Milan attached to it and they're kind of floating around the middle or the bottom Um, I think something's obviously gone wrong there so yeah I, I think probably for me a bit a bit more investment and some kind of big signings i think
0: yeah i i think definitely we need to see a few more few more big names if possible um at the club but we'll we'll leave Italy for now and we'll head over virtually to Spain um where the second lot of the Copa de la quarter final games were played Atletico Madrid and, Madri- and Madrid Football Club um not Real Madrid Madrid Football Club um they are already through to the semi finals Atletico got to the semi-finals with a 1-0 win over Real Sociedad. Nancy, again, something that we have talked about previously, but looking at the decline, the shocking, if I'm being honest, decline of athletes, when I say shocking, not as in like awful, as in shocking, as in like, oh my God, I I couldn't believe it, to be honest. But looking at the decline um, of their season recently, how important do you think that win will have been?
2: Yeah, I think massive. Um, I think, like you said, they're just kind of being quite, um, you know, there's there's just like a lot. Barcelona are kind of really overtaking them as the dominant team in, in women's football in Spain. And they're just kind of really, really falling behind. So I think to kind of just have a good, you know, run in a cup and just, yeah, you just kind of get those wins under their belt is really important. Hopefully for confidence as well, you know, it can kind of, to show that yes Barcelona are dominating the league but they can still have some success in some degree yeah and it, it's so strange because you know like
0: the the beginning of the season you know they they started off well they then of course won um the Supercopa and now they've slipped down the table and you know now that they've they've got to this uh to this semi-final I mean fingers crossed that um that they managed to progress to the final I, I am really rooting for them um of course, Real Madrid, who have kind of taken their place in the top three. Um, they did lose out against Madrid Football Club. But overall, you know, Real Madrid have had a great season. Um, we've heard Alejandro talk time and time again as a as a Real Madrid fan about how proud he is of them. Um, last night, um, Barcelona, the mighty, unstoppable Barcelona, got a 4-1 win over Sevilla. Again, there were four different goal scorers demonstrating how much ridiculous talent this team has. It's borderline annoying. Um, as I say, the Supercopa de, de España, um, it was Atletico Madrid that won it. Barcelona did lose out on that. Um, so whatever happens in the Champions League happens, but you know domestically, they're not going to get that treble. They can still get this double. So, Oli, how important will winning the Copa de la Arena be for Barcelona?
1: I think it will be important for them personally just because they're they're such massive favourites for it that anything other than winning it would be classed as disappointments. I mean, I think you've just touched on how good they've been this season. I mean, you look at their league form and it's just extraordinary. It it almost defies belief in the sense that if you told someone that they'd scored 127 goals and conceded five... With
0: games in hand as well.
1: I know. It's, uh, I mean, I remember. I don't know if you've seen that um, that video of the city players being asked about that. They got asked how many goals <laughs> Barcelona had scored, and when they said it was over a hundred, none of them believed it. So um, they they really are just an outstanding team. And as I said, I think that anything other than winning that domestic cup, especially after the, the disappointment of losing to Atletico in the other one, as you mentioned, uh, I think yeah, they'll definitely. Definitely be looking to win this. And obviously with a quite convincing win over Sevilla as well yesterday, uh, I don't think that game was ever in doubt. And as you've touched upon, they have so much star quality. Four different goal scorers could have been countless more and uh, they're just such a good team.
0: They really are. Like I say, it's borderline irritating. Um I mean, looking at yesterday's other fixture, Levante, they of course got a 2-1 win over Granadilla Tenerife. It took Maria Mendez Fernandez scoring an injury time winner. She's only 20 years old. I'm sure that she will definitely be one to watch for the future. Nancy, it just seems like there is so much amazing talent in general in Spain at the moment. And I just wondered, have there been any players in particular that have maybe caught your eye?
2: There there is one in particular for Barcelona, and I can't remember her name. It's it, she's the is it Pat- Patias or something? Yes. Alexia Patias, yeah. So I think for me, her, she's been obviously plays for Barcelona. So with that, you know, you're obviously gonna be an amazing player. But um she I think she's yeah, she's been I think kind of a, an underrated player for that Barcelona team and the Spanish national team as well. And I'm really excited to see Spain at the Euros next year, because I think they're going to be um, a force because like you said, they've got all these amazing Spanish, you know, players in their, in their team.
0: They really do. It's um, yeah, it's, it, it will be so exciting to see the Euros because I really think they are going to be such a force to be reckoned with. Um, I just wanted to ask you both, um, I mean, are we all going with, we think that Barcelona are going to win this cup? Because as much as, obviously, Levante and Atletico Madrid are still in the mix. um, And of course, you know, Madrid Football Club that have been doing really well as well. I just feel like Barcelona will be a little bit hungrier than the other clubs to get this one. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I yeah. think it it would be good to see Atletico Madrid win, I think, just for some variation, but mm-hmm. I think it will be Barca. Yeah, you can't just can't put it past them really.
1: Yeah, I, I think the only thing you could say is that maybe they've got one eye on the Champions League final and you don't know what sort of team they're gonna put out. But as we've already touched upon, they've got so much strength and depth, I don't think it really matters who they put out at the moment. They're probably gonna have more than enough to get the job done. So yeah, I think it's impossible to look past them for this one.
0: It is. And I mean, speaking of the Champions League, um, our hot topic this week is, of course, going to be the Champions League because even though it was on Sunday, we can't not talk about it. Um, you know, we'll start off with Chelsea. It was an amazing game. On last week's podcast, we spoke about it. One or two people were thinking that maybe Bayern would be able um, you know, to 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 beat Chelsea. Um, of course. Chelsea went 2-1 down going into the fixture. They won on aggregate 5-3. Ollie, how important is this moment for Chelsea? Because it's massive, isn't it? Oh,
1: it's so massive. And it, it was so great to see. I was actually telling Nancy before that I, I think that second leg against Bayern was one of my favourite matches I've ever watched. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never really found myself rooting for Chelsea normally, especially <laughs> as a West Ham fan. But it was impossible <laughs> not to really cheer for them in that moment, I think, because they're just so deserving of it. They've obviously had a couple of near misses in recent seasons. They've reached the semi-final a couple of times, but I think people felt at the start of this season that it could finally be their year, and they're now only one game away. Uh, but it was even more important, I think, because because of that first leg, the fact that they had to come from behind, they obviously didn't perform how they would have wanted to in that first leg. They really missed Ericsson at the back and it was so, so crucial her being back for this game. Uh, But Emma Hayes just got the tactics absolutely spot on from, from the first minute Chelsea was relentlessly pressing for that first 20 minutes because they knew that they needed to score and then at half-time once they'd obviously got those two goals they realised that the worst thing they could do was concede so then they sat back a bit invited the pressure on a bit more soaked it up and then Harder obviously scored that brilliant header at the end and then they managed to see the game out so just from minute one Emma Hayes got it spot on and you you could see how much it meant to her especially at the end I think she was crying and uh, her post-match interviews as ever were absolutely brilliant but just yeah a really really important moment as you say for Chelsea and uh, I just I hope they can go all the way now
0: same I've again would never find myself back in Chelsea Um, but I, I really hope that they can go on and do this and and really you know Make make history um for for the club. I mean, credit where it's due. Um, Sarah Zadrazil got Bayern's only goal. Nancy, do you think that? I don't think really. What am I trying to say here? Do you feel like they can try and give a few different excuses, or do you think it is just the fact that this Bayern Munich side were beaten by a better team on the night?
2: Yeah, I think it's definitely an interesting one because it you know, they kind of went into the game with that one goal advantage. Um, I know Chelsea had the away goal, so maybe it wasn't as big an advantage as as they, you know, would have hoped. But in the match as well, I think, especially in that last kind of 10 minutes, they definitely, it could have gone either way. I think maybe Ryan have maybe been slightly more clinical or, you know, just even luck. Like sometimes it's just a case of luck. It could have been a completely different story. Um, but then at the same time like i think you've got to look at chelsea this season and you've got to look at the players that they have um and emma hayes as well and and you know just that mentality that they seem to have it, it's very like it really reminds me of that you know everyone says that about the american national team that they've just got this incredible mentality that they they just want to win and win everything and that it really reminds me of that in chelsea so even, even though they were 2-1 down there wasn't really you know you kind of still expect them to win the second leg and be able to go through, so I think it could have it could have potentially gone differently, but I don't think Bayern will you know can be too hard on themselves um for not managing to get to the final
0: I agree, and as much as people may find this as a bit of a patronising thing, I always do. Um, even with Manchester United, you know, looking at the, the men's team, how many semi-finals they've got to in the last few years, people say, "At least you got to the semi-final." It's like, "Well, no, I didn't get to the final." But I think in this case, you know, well done to buying you know for for getting that far. And I'm sure we're going to see even better things from them in the future. Um, now, our our fan favorite, Frank Kirby, she was amazing, um, especially towards the end when she was literally hurtling down half the length of the pitch. Um, obviously, her goals. Oli, was she the player of the match?
1: It's another tough one because Mm. I think that that Chelsea performance was so good from every single one of them that it's really hard to sort of give a player of the match just to one player. And obviously Kirby scored two, but that goal at the end, she was just sort of in the right place at the right time. Any of them could have scored that breakaway goal. Uh, I think if I had to give player of the match to one person from that game, it, it, it would have been Ericsson. Mm. I just think that they missed her so much from the first leg and, it was so so crucial that she was fit for this one because she's just so commanding from the back. She leads from the front. She sort of marshals the troops. She gets that defence in order. And I honestly don't think that Chelsea would have gone through if she hadn't played. It's not they've obviously they've got so much quality up front. And you look at who sort of got the plaudits this season, and most of the time it has been that front three. And then recently as well, sort of Anka Trinberger for heroics against City has got a lot of headlines, but it's it sort. Of rarely been Ericsson that's sort of stolen the show, shall we say, but she's just been so so crucial for them. And we saw in her absence how much Chelsea did struggle in that first leg, so I just thought she was absolutely outstanding. And uh, she's going to be massive for them in the final as well,
0: absolutely vital. She will be, won't she? Um, now, Ollie obviously touched on this before seeing Emma Hayes overcome with so much emotion. Uh, made me feel emotional it just demonstrated how big this is for her Nancy where would you say she ranks with some of the best coaches and I'm, I'm talking in men's and women's football because she really has had just even just looking at this season not even looking at anything else just this season she's had such an amazing season as a coach whether they win this Champions League or not I am rooting for them but she she's ranking up there surely
2: yeah, I, I would say she is probably one one of the best best in the world. I think literally both men and women. And I yeah. think maybe someone would say, "Oh, well, you know, look at the team they have." But it's not it's not just the fact that it's she's not that got easy. Really... No, it's it's the way she's utilizing those players. And there was that amazing clip that was on Twitter mm. of um, was it the Champions League game? Maybe the must have been the quarterfinals, I think. And because there's no crowd, you could hear the instructions she was telling her players, like she was telling um, Harder and Kerr, I think it was to keep up with the press. And she was like, I know it's difficult. Like you're running so much. I know it's like hard and, you know, you're not getting much reward out of it, but even just stuff like that, just hearing her giving them uh, the orders and you, you just just makes you realise kind of like the tactics behind it and, and her, her way of thinking. Um, so, you know, it is, it is definitely a case of she's utilising the players she has in the best way possible. Um, and yeah, I, I just remember when she got linked to that job at, uh, for the AFC Wimbledon men's team. Mm. And when someone asked her about it, she was like, they'd be so lucky to have me. Like if I was going to go into men's football, I wouldn't be going to, no disrespect to them, but she wouldn't be going to AFC Wimbledon. Like, I think if she does if she does go into men's football, she should be going to one of the Premier League clubs, in my opinion. Like, and, and I think that's the only, the natural step for her. You know, if she's winning the Champions League, She shouldn't go anywhere lower than a Premier League club if she was to go to the men's game.
0: I completely agree with you. I feel like it would be, and and I think it was such a, a big moment when she spoke about it and kind of said that. And because I think a lot of naive and ignorant people were probably expecting her to be like, oh my God, I'm so flattered. Oh, what an amazing opportunity this will be to be. She's like, I don't need to play in the men's game, to coach in the men's game. She's like... I've got one of the best jobs in the world. Why would I be giving that up? Like you say, no disrespect, but for AFC Wimbledon, like, I'm good where I am. I'm at the top of my game. And you're exactly right. If she ever did move over to the men's game, she'd have to be at the top of the men's game as well. Um, And yeah, which means a Premier League club 100%. And I think... As much as I am so happy seeing her at Chelsea, I think out of all of the managers, if there's going to be one that ever does make that transition, um, I I think she would be um a very good candidate for that. But I still don't know how I feel about that, not because I don't think that she wouldn't be any, any good or anything like that, but I just think about all of the negative things that she would then have to take on. Do you know what I mean? <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's. A, I think there's a lot of it. For me, it'd be you know, there's that that pressure that yeah. she would be the first woman to be managing like a Premier League club, and then every loss, it oh, would be yeah. kind of unwarranted criticism, like you know women can't manage and stuff like that. It is just that pressure. It would be almost unfair on her, I think, to to be kind of carrying that that status as the first female mm-hmm. manager in the Premier League.
0: I agree, but I mean, th- this Chelsea team, like we say, they're absolutely incredible. They're still on track for this quadruple. Ollie, will they do it?
1: I honestly think they will do. Uh, yeah. I think they've come this far now and... I remember watching Emma Hayes' post-match interview after that buying game and she made a really interesting point of saying that, or she was talking about her her pre-match team talk that she gave to the players and she actually showed them a clip of a UFC fighter that had fought a couple of weeks prior. And it was a clip of this UFC fighter speaking to herself before the start of the fight and she was saying to herself over and over again, I am the best, I am the best. And she said that she showed that clip to the players and wanted them to sort of channel that energy because it's all about mentality, as she put it, because Chelsea clearly have the ability. They've got the players. And when it comes down to these big matches, it's all about mentality. Yeah. And I think as a manager, Emma Hayes just has the best of both because she's so good with the players and sort of making sure they have that right mentality. But equally, she's so good tactically as well as Nancy mentioned we saw that clip of her in the game against Wolfsburg barking instructions out to our players uh, so I just think that this season the Chelsea players they're just in the right mindset they're, they're just in the right mentality and we saw in that game against Tottenham that that was a tough game I mean it was getting to the stage where it was close to half time where they still hadn't broken the deadlock and the nerves would have been beginning to set in but they didn't panic they eventually got that goal they saw out the game quite comfortably in the end and I, I just think that this year is going to be their year.
0: You know what? I, I can't disagree with you. And I've just got this weird feeling that it could happen. And you know what? Even if they just walk away with the Women's Super League, that alone is you know, a brilliant achievement. But there's a part of me that really does want to see it happen. But I mean, I guess with the Champions League, there is one team that stands in their way that we've already been talking about. It's Barcelona. I mean, they got a brilliant 3-2 victory in aggregate to beat PSG for that spot in the final. Despite being 2-0 down, PSG did look determined to try and stay in the game right until the end. Nancy, do you feel like maybe they just ran out of time looking for that second goal?
2: Yeah, potentially. I think um, it's it, you know it's kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, if it was another 10 minutes or 20 minutes, would it have been different? Um, but then, at the, kind of on the flip side, probably Barcelona might have had a, another goal themselves. Um, it was kind of one of those matches where it did seem quite end to end, and it, you know, could have been anyone's game. Um, but I, d- I do think from looking at that match, Chelsea will probably be quite encouraged because I do think PSG definitely took, even though they did lose overall, they took the game to Barcelona, and I, I think Barcelona showed some weaknesses. So I think Chelsea, especially, we've just been saying Emma Hayes is like a tactical genius. So she will probably definitely be looking at that game and, and thinking like, how can I maximise the weaknesses that Barca showed in that game against PSG?
0: Mm, she, she will be and hopefully she can find some. Um, I mean, there were some great performances from, and again, apologies, we all know I'm not the best with pronunciation sometimes, but there were great performances from Leakey Martins, uh, Jennifer Ermoso, of course. Ollie, who was your player of the match?
1: So I think it's quite easy in this situation uh, to give it to Martins because she obviously scored twice in that game. But for me, there's been a player that I've been so impressed with every time I've watched her for Barca this year, she really impressed me against city and uh, she really impressed me against PSG as well. And that's Caroline Graham Hansen. I I just, think that sometimes she doesn't necessarily get the plaudits she deserves because she might not score as many goals as the rest of that forward line. But just on the ball, I really don't think there's many better in the world. And she just seems to cause every single team she plays so many problems. She glides past players. The way she set up that second goal was just effortless at times. Uh, so I think that, yeah, for me, Hansen has been so impressive. I think that she's certainly a player that, as you mentioned, Nancy, if Emma Hayes is doing sort of her, her tactical homework and looking at Barcelona, she's going to have to try and work out a way to try and stop her. Uh, so, yeah, for me, uh, she was my my player of the match.
0: Good choice. Definitely a brilliant choice, really. Um, now, Barcelona have the league I think we can all agree, pretty much tied up. <laughs> they will be lifting that trophy domestically. Nancy, do you think that this maybe gives them a little bit of an edge over Chelsea?
2: Yeah, I think it's it's um, a bit of both. I think, um, Ch- I think for Chelsea, the kind of that momentum of still being so competitive because they have to win every match. You know, mm. they're kind of building on it, and they've got that competitive drive. I think. That, you know, maybe Barca, are, I don't think they will be, but, you know, there's that kind of, if they play a match in the league now, it doesn't matter. So, you know, maybe they're going to be a bit more laid back going into the final. But then for Barcelona, it gives them the opportunity to rest some of their players, um, as opposed to Chelsea. Chelsea are going to have to pretty much play their best team at the weekend. Um, and you've got players like Magda Eriksen, who we were talking about, she's so key. Um, and, you know, Probably normally, if if Chelsea had won the league, maybe you'd rest Magda Eriksson for the majority of that game at the weekend, but they're probably going to have to play her. And then, you know, what if she kind of gets injured again? So I suppose Barca have that kind of comfort of being able to rest their players and and not not having to stress too much about the league. But like I said, at the same time, it could give Chelsea that extra drive to keep on going.
0: True. I guess, you know what, when you put it that way, it could... There's kind of positives and negatives to both, I guess. Um, I mean, for Barcelona, this is their first Champions League final. Oli, how important is this with regards to Spanish football?
1: I think it's massive because... Spanish football or yeah, women's football in Spain has been sort of growing steadily for a long time now, and mm. people are really starting to be interested in it more. But if you think about how sort of Spanish teams are performing, uh, we touched on earlier how Atletico Madrid are sort of underperforming at the moment, and they've never had a team win the Champions League. You look, obviously, you've got Lyon in France that have dominated, sort of Wolfsburg, Frankfurt in Germany that have done well, England haven't fared. That well, but at least sort of Arsenal have won it before. But Spanish teams never won it, and I think that that's massive, really, because if you're really going to want to sort of grow the sport in Spain, grow women's football in Spain, you want to have sort of the best teams, and it, it seems like they're sort of finally managing to get to that stage. And sort of, as I touched on before, they've got a massive, massive audience there already. I mean, you look at Barcelona, I think on, on Twitter, they've got over 400,000 followers, which is five times as many as Leon have. So that sort of puts into perspective sort of how many people care about Barcelona women, how many people care about Spanish women's football and how many people want to see them doing well, not just sort of domestically, but making sure the European teams, do, making sure they do well in Europe as well
0: definitely and and it would be oh it would be massive if they won um i mean this week barcelona um have had some extra good news um as they've reached an agreement with their coach luis cortez for the extension of his contract until the 30th of june 2022 with an option for a further season Nancy, do you think that Barcelona fans will be breathing a sigh of relief that he won't be, I mean, he could be departing next season, but at least for now, he won't be departing anytime soon?
2: I think so, yeah. I think they've kind of obviously hit on a formula that really works at Barcelona. They've got the amazing players and they've got the coach that can utilise the players well and the, and the players obviously play for the coach. So I think at the moment, you know, it's a really, they've got something really good going on and it obviously would cause quite a lot of disruption to get a new coach or manager in. So I think, yeah, I mean for Bar I'm sure Barca fans will be really, really happy with that situation.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens next summer. But, you know, I think it's good for now. Like you say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it and things are going well. So so why mess things up? Um, I mean, I think um I did predict this for the final last week. I will have to listen back to myself. I've got a memory like a sieve, so I'm not too sure. But I do believe that I predicted... I was going back and forth with Barcelona a few months ago as to whether they'd get to the final, whether they'd win it. Then I actually, you know, decided to stick with my guns and go with Barcelona. I predicted Chelsea would get to this final. So pat on the back for me. Um, But I have to get both of your thoughts on this final. Um, Start with you, Ollie. What is your prediction... And what are you expecting from this game?
1: Uh, So I think I've already said it and I'm going to stick to my guns and I'm going to say Chelsea are going to win it. Uh, I mentioned it earlier and I think that with these sorts of games when you've got just two high quality teams it's going to come down to which team wants it more which team has the better mentality and as Emma Hayes describes them Chelsea are mentality monsters this season Uh, it doesn't matter if they go behind I think they'd still be able to claw their way back whereas I think when you look at Barcelona I can't think of many times this season where they've actually sort of come up against teams that are On their level, that are sort of better than them or as good as them, you could obviously say City, but when they played City, City had quite a few injuries, they were missing Steph Housen from memory as well, and they just didn't look like sort of the city we'd become accustomed to seeing, Uh, and equally. Obviously, they went up against PSG, but especially f- from what I saw, uh, they were the better team. So I struggled to think of how Barcelona would deal if if they went down. Sorry, if Chelsea went got into the lead, I struggled to think about how Barcelona would react to that and whether or not they'd be able to come back from that. So that's my logic, that's my reasoning. Uh, and do you want a score prediction?
0: Go on, then why not?
1: Okay, so I'll, I'll say I'll say two one to Chelsea.
0: Nice. Nancy, what are you going with? I'm going
2: to go dramatic. I'm going to love say it. two all at full time. I go to extra time, still the same. So I think penalty shootout, Ooh. I'm going to say Chelsea win the penalty shootout. It's just because just as a neutral, I, I I am going to back Chelsea because I think I would love to see them win, even, even as an Arsenal fan. But as a neutral, I'd really love to have a penalty shootout in the Champions League final. Uh, so that's my prediction. You know what? I like the idea
0: of the dramatics because like you say, as a neutral, you don't have to worry about being nervous. You know, I have been mentally scarred by penalty shootouts with my club. (laughs) I don't want to have to relive that. And in this situation, I don't have to go through that trauma. So why not? I like this idea. You know what? I think that it's going to be... A, a a tough game for both sides um i don't think you could pick you know better teams to be in this final to be honest and i i'm going to back chelsea and i just feel like sometimes like when you look at the the story this season as much as barcelona have been phenomenal but i just think that it would be a really lovely kind of ending to this story for me so i'm definitely going to go with a chelsea win um, I love the idea of these penalties. I'm not gonna lie, but um i I do I feel like I'm with you until extra time, and I feel like Chelsea might be able to get a sneaky little goal, but I won't be mad if it goes to penalties. I mean, all I can say, finishing up here is who would have thought that we've got a West Ham fan, an Arsenal fan, and a Manchester United fan? <laughs> all backing chelsea i mean who would have thought you'd have seen this one and all we can say is best luck, best of luck to chelsea so that's everything for today's one football women's football podcast as always a massive thanks to my guests to nancy and ollie both from give me sport women and to all of you for listening as always if you want to get in touch it is podcast at onefootball.com and don't forget to head to spotify soundcloud etc wherever you listen to your podcast really to check out more from the one football podcast